0: hi i'm so glad you're with me on demand you know i really believe that on demand is god's gift to you because you can get the word of god when you choose to and it's open for you to study and learn and grow all by yourself or with a friend today we're going to take a journey talking about the future dreaming about a new direction sometimes in life you have a new job direction a new family direction something new in your life the question is how do you get from here to there Uh, Where are you now in your life and where are you going? I did a sermon like that some time ago. So this is years ago. As a matter of fact, it was the first sermon I did here at the church. It's called, Where Are We Going From Here? And I wanna talk about that. So don't you leave, you stay with me. I'm gonna talk about where you've been, where we are and where we're going. This is the second installment in that series. And you don't wanna miss as we talk to you today from Revelations, about some key things that are hints to us about the future and maybe it might help you with your future plans in your life so stay right there tell a friend link it to a friend and say hey, you might you might want to join me in this one this is going to be fun stay there glad to have you back let's get to it I want to talk today from the book of revelations and I want to first of remind you now don't be nervous this is a book that scares people and there's two things that people feel about the book of revelations oftentimes scared and scareder they're scared and they're scarier <laughs> they go what in the world are you going to say well I'm, I'm just trying to have a discussion I, I want to look at today's world and say what in the world is going on i mean this is a lot going this is a lot pandemic people are not wanting to wear masks people are fighting over foolishness it's like what in the world should we go back to school not go back to school my kids the education Ooh, man, sitting in the house, uh, you know, my friend got COVID-19. It's just a lot to think about these days. But in the midst of all of this, the question is, where are you going? What direction is your life? And that's what this sermon's about, dreaming about a new direction, dreaming about a new direction for your life. And we are we're really in that. Uh, you know, I, I want to <laughs> I want to believe that we see that. That this is not going to be what it has always been. It takes 60 to 90 days to change a habit. You're not changing a habit any longer, you're changing a culture. You're changing the way we see things, the way we feel about things. And I talked about this last week and I gave you a list of things. I'm going to kind of go over that again if you weren't here. There's like seven things I talked about last week. I said, number one, that this is going to be a long distance challenge. This is not going to be three months, six months. They said to you earlier that it would be 12 to 18 months of challenge. And so you have to put on your long-distance boots and, pretend, and, and then pretend that you are strong enough, even if you don't feel like it, and, and fight forward. So that's the first thing I said to you. You have to prepare for this long-distance fight. This is a long-distance fight and run. It's not just going to be a fight in one spot. It's going to have to be duck and move and, and some running and some walking, but it's a long-distance fight and run. Secondly, I said to you that this is going to be a time of revelation. This is where you're going to start seeing things you didn't see before about people about personalities Uh, the question is are you flexible teachable and reachable those things some people are not flexible and you didn't know it it's not until you are married to somebody that you don't see that you can see that they're not flexible they're not teachable they're not reachable there are things that you learn about people the more you interact with them third thing i talked about last time i talked about job descriptions and i said that some people are in the wrong job some leaders are in the wrong job. Some of us, some industries need to be retooled or re, are, are done away with, and new industries need to be born. That's part of what's gonna happen. Job, my job description has evolved and changed since this happened. Uh, my, my work has shifted. The way I work, the way I engage the Bible, the way I teach the Bible has evolved. More digital, more uh, Zoom calls, more, <laughs> more meetings in different ways. And I have to embrace that. It's not the same Sunday routine I had before where I get up and I go in the building and I, Hey everybody, how you doing? How's it going? How's it going? It's not like that anymore. It's totally changed. Now I go in the building and there's nobody in there but me, just me. In my few chairs, because of social distancing, you know, you really can't even seat the people you used to have. My, my, my world has changed. I still have a building. We still have, you know, to keep up the building as our headquarters now is where we, we, do, we store stuff and do some things, but very limited because of the social distancing requirements. You normally can seat about 8 to 10 percent of your sanctuary capacity. So let's say you have a thousand seats. That means you can only seat about 100 people now. Eight, eight, about 80 to 100 people can fit in that building with the social distancing, six feet in front of you, behind you, on both sides. It's incredible. So most people even, who even have big buildings can't seat many people. They can't get, Our church couldn't get all the members in there. We couldn't even have a leaders meeting with all of the leaders. We have 124. We couldn't get them all in. It, it's amazing simply because of the social distancing issues. So my job description has evolved. I have to learn to find new ways to reach our people, new ways to engage our leaders, new ways to engage members, new ways to talk to you. And sometimes people don't want to change their job description. They want to do the same thing the same way they've always done it, and you can't do that and succeed. So we talked about that. We talked about firing hiring, that we think this is a time when there will be a season of firing and hiring. That God is saying, you don't need to do this anymore. This job is not good for you. Some leaders are in the wrong job. Sometimes you find that out. This season reveals it to you. you. You need to change careers, change jobs. Some preachers need to stop preaching. Oh, there he goes. Picking on the preacher people. No, I'm just telling you the truth. You don't like it. You don't, you don't want to talk this way. You, you, you hate digital. You act like you need a new job. This is the world you're in now. You either jump on this wagon or you're going to get left behind on the trail. You have a choice. And you can't just complain and say, well, we're going to get back in tomorrow. No, you're not. It's going to be a minute. And if you don't make a plan and you don't come up with a strategy, I'm sorry, you can't ride on this train. Not too far. And your members eventually will get tired of you acting like you, you know, you need to hurry and get back in. I went through this long talk last time about how people are just willing to risk people's lives to get back in a church building. That's amazing. Did you know that the apostles didn't have a church building? Jesus didn't have a church building. Moses didn't have a church building. Oh, yes, they, they had temple, they had the tabernacle. They couldn't go in there every day. It wasn't like you folks. You couldn't have Wednesday night service, Sunday service, Sunday night. It wasn't like that. Everybody didn't go in there at a certain time, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock. It wasn't like what we have now. This we created in this century. We made church like this, starting off with the Catholic model and it's evolved into this. They used to meet in homes, Acts 2.41 and 42. They didn't have a church. They couldn't afford it. And most churches can <laughs> barely afford the churches they have. With a 10% margin of profit, it's very difficult. What do you mean 10%? What I just said, 45 to 50% for staffing. 30% of your money goes for housing. And then you got about, oh, just a little bit left. 30, 25 to 30%. You, you, you know, you don't have much space and most of them, uh, by the time they finish, if they have a 10% profit, that's great. So if you have $100,000, end of the year, you got 10000 left, and that you can't even save. But right now, the biggest challenge some churches have had is this whole idea of what we're going to do long term, and that is a question. And that's the question we have to face, we have to look at, we have to think about. We have to find new ways to do what we do. So are you trying to say, are you trying to say, Get rid of church? No. Are you trying to say that God's not going to give us through this? No. I just simply said the culture's changing. The way we did it, the way we're doing it has to evolve. And if we don't evolve, we'll get left behind. At some point in our life, we have to realize we can no longer ride on the horse and the buggy. We can no longer ignore technology. We can no longer ignore what is in front of us. We are fighting a virus. We're fighting a challenge and we are in the middle of the fight of our life and we need to pay attention. It is not going away today. It is the fight we're in now. You know, when you're in the ring swinging, you can't be trying to look at when they're going to ring the bell. You have to learn how to to fight. I've said this and I'm going to say it again. I say it all the time. If you're in a 10 round fight, you cannot fight three rounds because if you only fight three rounds, you get beat up seven. You have to fight the whole fight. And this means you got to face the fact that there's a, chi- there's a time of change. And, and if you don't, then it's firing and hiring time. God says you can adapt. You can't. i got to get somebody here that can adapt. So I'm going to promote this group. I'm going to move this group over here. I'm not going to hire him back. I'm not going to give him any more money. I'm not going to help him pay off his bills. I'm going to let him know. And he starts hiring and firing and moving people around. And we have to, I, I want to be one of the people with God's grace that even though I struggle even though I'm not necessarily um, uh, initially I wasn't necessarily initially comfortable I've, 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 I've been very digital for years we've been doing digital streaming since 2007 we understand this whole arena we're television for 20 30 years I get it I understand all this and I was uncomfortable So I can imagine for some of you, you are really uncomfortable. And this was a revelation for you. This is a moment where you started seeing, man, wow. But you have to realize if you won't do the job, how can God keep you employed? This is firing and hiring time. I want to raise my hand. And when he says, who will go for us? I want to say, send me. I want to say if it means I've got to be digital, if it means I have to upgrade my church and change the way we do ministry, if it means I have to reach people outside the building, then I'll go outside the building. If it means I have to grow a different way, communicate a different way. I don't have everybody yelling at me when I'm preaching. Come on now. Say it now. Talk to me. Amen. Hey, man, you know, they're not in here. It's me and you. Me and you together. And I have to embrace that and believe that's okay. And I can't get frustrated and angry. And then here's what you ought to do. You ready? You got to act like you need a job because he's firing and hiring now. You have to look like you're trying. You got to make sure you improve your skills. You ought to try to say, Lord, help me do this. And if you don't know how to do it, ask somebody to help you do it. Be proud. Don't be so proud. You can't humble down and say, I need some help. Even ask your members. Get together and pray and seek out counsel so, your church can continue, so you can continue doing what you're doing. But if you don't, then I'm telling you, this is a season of hiring and firing. And God's not going to keep us employed if we don't do right. And I really believe that what's really tragic is the world is firing us. 80% of people don't go to church, they're about. Now, I want you to think about that. A Hathaway report talked about that. 80%. 80%. So, right now, they can't go at all, hardly, very few. And the ones who do have churches are having, you know, a few people 20, 30, 50, 100 very few people are in the building. And so there, there, there's a whole paradigm shift. And you've got to decide whether you're going to adjust or not. And that's something only you can do. So we talked about that, firing and hiring. We talked about greed last time. We said that this is a season where God's revealing greed, where money more important than people and their security and safety. And I'm not going to go over that. I talked about that quite a bit last time. Then we talked about cultural change, which I just talked about. It's a revelation of cultural change. People, people are changing their culture. Season, this, this season is not going to be the same. It, it, it's, it's already begun, and you have to embrace it. Then we talked about new models. Now, that's a word I'll come back to in the coming months. I'll talk about the importance of a new model. There are times when you did things a certain way, and then you have to change and evolve. And new models are important because sometimes the way you did it is the old way. Now you need a new way. We'll talk about that later. But let me take you to Revelations if I can. First start, I'm going to first start, though, with a verse in 1 Peter. Then I'll take you to Revelations. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17 says this. Now, this is a good launching verse to get, us, to get our minds in the right place. Here we go. For the time has come for the judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous scarcely are saved, Where will ungodly and the sinner appear? Now, I always like this verse because it says, I'm starting with you. It's kind of like if your parent comes home and the house is a mess and everything's all wrecked up and and you left the oldest one in charge. You got three of your children in the house and seven guests. You don't want to talk to the guests. You want to talk to your children. Judgment begins with my children. Okay, uh, you three that belong to me. Come here. What happened to my house? I need you to talk to me right now. See, that's what we're talking about. A moment where God says, "Okay, I left you guys here to be a light to the world. I left you here to be salt and light. That's your job. That's what I told you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, not your political viewpoints, not your religious convictions. I told you to preach about me. I didn't tell you to pick sides. So let's come here, you three. (laughs) Come here, all of you, Baptist, Catholic, evangelical. Come here, let's talk. Judgment begins at the house of God. Catholics, come here, let's talk. And so imagine that that's what's happening. This is a moment where God is saying, can we talk? And the question is, have you gotten off? Now, if you would allow me a a luxury, I would like to not read the verses to you. I want to just tell you where they are. OK, because the, the reading, it would be pretty extensive if I tried to read these verses. And one of the things I've learned about teaching Revelations is people go to sleep on you real quick. So let me just put the verses up, summarize a big point in the verse, and you can read it on your own. Revelations chapter two, verse four through five. Okay. I want you to look that up on your own. Read it. Here's what it basically says. Some have abandoned their first love. That's what he asked them in Ephesus. So let me set the stage. John, the revelator, he says, all right, guys, we need to talk. Something's gone wrong. And he says, let me tell you God's concern that maybe some of you have lost your first love. You don't love God the way you used to. Things have changed. I'm wondering if we love God as much as we love our political views, or we love our political candidates, or we love our personal convictions. Our love for God is the the thing that I'm concerned about. And in the name of loving God, we're making these issues more important than Him and people. That's the first question. Second question. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 talks to a church called Smyrna. And these were different churches, by the way. The church of Ephesus was first. The second church is the church of Smyrna. And here is what he said to them. There will be a season of challenge ahead. And he warned them of that. And he said, because the way the world is going, I want you to be prepared for that. And I just, when I look at that, I think God saw it coming. And he told them, Smyrna, get ready. You got got persecution coming. You got some challenges coming. And it's not something that Smyrna wanted to hear, but I believe that's still true for us today. Some of the decisions that religious people are making today, you're convincing people. We're convincing people that we care more about some of our principles than we do about people. We care more about certain ideas than we do about people. And so I wonder if that's not gotten lost in our thinking. Thirdly, Revelation chapter two, verse fourteen through twenty-six talks to the church of Pergamum, and here he says that you know they're they're. Two false teachings that are rampant. There are people in your group that are telling lies on me, communicating as if it's God and it's not God. And he was concerned about that, the teaching, the way that the way we're using the Bible to justify things, the way we're using Scripture. And then number four, Revelation chapter 2 verse 20 through 23 he talks to the church of Thyatira. And here he says something that's really simple. He says there's a lot of sexual immorality. <laughs> you guys got to sleep with everybody. That's what he said. You know what surprises me? I, 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 I find myself a little bit kind of like, uh, a little bit taken back uh, at how casual we are about our sex lives. We just don't have any boundaries anymore about any of that. It's just amazing to me. Amazing to me. Well, Pastor Rick, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. There you go. There you go. I hear you. I hear you. But I wonder if that's not part of the narrative. Sometimes when you see judgment, when you see bad things happening in the world, you wonder if there's not a list of things going wrong because we are abandoning our first love, because we, we we are somehow becoming open to any kind of teaching, and because we are now more immoral than we were. We're we're no longer faithful in our marriages. We're no longer faithful to each other. We're no longer faithful to God. We sleep with whoever we want. We do what we want. And I'm not... Listen, you don't have to get mad with me. I'm just simply saying, I I wonder if a family ends up in certain circumstances, if a culture, if a world... The Bible says that sin is a reproach to any people. It brings reproach and shame to any people. doesn't matter who it is. And I don't know whether we... We don't think it applies to us, but he says to the church of Revelation, and the churches, I'm sorry, the churches here in Revelations, he says, no, it does matter. Just a suspicion, something to look at, think about. Then look at number uh, five on your list here. In Revelation chapter three, verse one through two, they seem to be, um, I guess he'd say, vibrant and alive, but really dead up close. They seem to be vibrant and alive, but dead up close. This is the church of Sardis. He says, you guys really look like you're excited for God. You look really, really on fire. But up close, you're dead. There's not much life. There's not much vitality in you at all. You just look strong. So are you that kind of person? Are we that? Are we becoming that way? That up close, we're like that fig tree. From afar, we look good. But up close, we're not what we appear to be. We don't look like our picture, right? We don't look like a friend of mine said that years, a few weeks ago. We, we just look like we're... Together, but men, it's not the same. And in this pandemic and during this crisis, it it reveals, you know, you care more about your money and your building than you do about people. You care more about, what are you caring about? Pause for a second. Pause the train. Pause, 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 pause. Boy, can I jump into the deep water, say something? I'm going to jump in and jump out real quick. You know, there's this big talk about school, getting back in school. And what do you think about that, Pastor Rick? What do you think about that? I want kids to be educated. I do, man. I want, I want kids to learn. I, you know, I've got a grandbaby coming up in school now and she's you know, in kindergarten. I want, I want her to be able to go and hang with friends. I do, but I want her to live too. I want her to live more than anything. I do funerals for children. You trying to scare us? No. I don't have to scare you. The news is scary enough. I don't have to scare you. All the numbers are scary enough. If that doesn't scare you, then you got me concerned. Well, I don't live in fear. The Bible said God didn't give me the spirit of fear. Uh, Please don't quote that verse that way. That doesn't mean that you can go out there and dance with snakes and don't be afraid you're going to get bitten to jump in the water with alligators and won't get eaten. That didn't say that. That doesn't give you a right to make decisions that are not wise. What I like is I like the methodical way a lot of people are thinking about it. People that are in authority of praying and making decisions and talking it through. I like that. I just, want us, I just want us to continue. When it's right, when it's safe, when it works for the teachers and the students, then do it. But don't make decisions that are not. Don't look like you're concerned from afar, but up close you're not. That's what this church of Sardis was like. Up close, they were dead dead in their heart, man. They, they looked great, but they were not what they appeared to be. And that's what I don't want us to be as a society. I need to move on. Number six, Revelations chapter three, verse 10 through 11. They, they are admonished to be strong and remain committed. Now, this is the church of Philadelphia. This is, these are the, this is the church that's really like a light. And he says, you guys are doing it right. No, somebody's doing it right. Everybody doesn't do it wrong. The book of Revelations isn't about condemning people. It's saying, let me celebrate these folks. Let me tell you, show you somebody that's doing it right. They got a right attitude. They're patient they're they're committed and he says yeah that's what we want to be Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 through 11 I love that Revelation chapter 3 verse 15 through 18 the last one This was the church of Laodicea And what's interesting about this church is this is what he calls the lukewarm church They're not hot they're not cold they're kind of in between committed not committed here's what he says they have become lukewarm and distracted by materialism Work, career, life, ta-da, that's the goal. Got to get that job, got to get the money in, got to keep going, keep the train moving. I understand. And they become spiritually lukewarm. Not It's kind of tippet, not really, you know, not really like uncommitted, but not really committed. Kind of in between. Is that you? In your walk, in your life? Sometimes you have to bow your head and say, God, am I like that? Am I becoming... Am I becoming like that? Kind of lukewarm? You know, I do pray. Lord, I ask you to bless me. Lord, I ask you to use me. I ask you, Lord God, I ask you. But in reality, when you lift your head, you're just as lukewarm as you ever were. So you might ask this question, what do you do with all this, Pastor Rick? What do we do with all this? What do we do with all this? What do we do with all, do do with all that you said? Think about it. Just think about it. Just thoughts. Ideas. Something for you to think about. Am I becoming lukewarm? Am I Have I lost my first love? Am I thinking about money more than I am about my life? What, where are my priorities? What am I doing? What am I doing? Where am I? Think about it for a minute and then, and then ask yourself, what should I do with this? How should I allow this to influence me? Here's what I think you should do. Consider a new way. I want to take you on a journey next week where I talk about uh, a text that I just absolutely adore and love. It's a story in the Bible. One that shows you the power of doing things new. I'll tell you what Jesus said one time in Mark chapter 2. I'll give you a verse to read. Mark two twenty-two. Read ahead of me. Where he talks about new wine. So where do you go from here? You do something new. You do something different. You don't do the same thing. We don't do the same thing. We can't be the same people. We are going to live in a new world. One that we must face, look at, and take charge of without fear. God has called us to be confident, but to be wise, to be mature, to count the cost, to know our enemy, and to fight well and fight to win. Well, listen, you've been amazing. Thank you for your time. Let me pray for you, shall we? Father, I thank you for this, these minutes. I pray what I've said has helped. I pray it's inspired people to think about their future. I pray it's inspired them to reconsider their direction. May this be the beginning of a new day for them, a new opportunity to see the world a different way. I ask you to bless them today. I ask you to help them. Many of them that don't know you as Christ, as Savior, may this be the moment they say, you know, I need Christ in my life. I need God in my life. You may be a good person, but you're struggling with your spiritual walk. Let this be the beginning. I pray that something I've said has inspired someone just to rethink it a little bit, just to back up the train just a little bit and think about it. And I thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with me for a few minutes. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us in our service today. I hope every song, hope everything we said was helpful to you. And I pray that you would consider staying in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have prayer requests or needs, email me at pastoratovercomingbyfaith.org. I'd love to pray for you. That's pastoratovercomingbyfaith.org by faith.org love to get to know you some of you are members some of you are friends you've been around for a while some of you want to be members whatever you want if you want to hook up with us and as a member of the church if you want to hook up with us as a friend however you want to do it feel free email me at faith.org. i love to get to know you well i pray you're blessed by the sermon today and i pray that it helped you think about yourself you know, Judgment must begin at the house of God in 1st Peter chapter 4. It's a great verse And it really does make me think about my walk with God and as a believer I need to make sure that I understand that I'm the first in line for judgment The first person that God looks at and says come on temple, you know better You know how to take a moment and look at your life and see have you been slipping all of us can slip and slide It's very easy. It's very easy to lose your first love It's very easy to get a, become a person who's lukewarm It's very easy to become a person who allows doctrines into your life, teachings into your life that are inconsistent with your own values. And so the whole list of things we talked about today was just a brief reminder that maybe these are some reasons why we need to take a step back. Whenever you have traumatic experiences like we're having today, whenever you're having massive death and massive challenge in society and massive strife and fighting, it's time to take a, a moment to think about myself. Not, not my neighbor, not my friend, not, not the Democrats or the Republicans or somebody on the other side of the aisle, but me. Am I losing myself? Have I gotten to the place that I've lost my first love? And maybe it's time for all of us to think about that. So I hope this helped you today. I hope it inspired you to take self-inventory of yourself. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment of renewal and revival and, and rethinking. I pray that what we've talked about will inspire all of us to think about where we're going, think about where we've been, and to come up with different models for our future maybe it's time to really rethink that point in our lives in jesus name amen thank you for being with me today i enjoy sharing the work with you i hope this practical talk helped you love to have you do something fun get the app the overcoming by faith ministries app is always an amazing thing to have and you can see sermons you can see all this good stuff as often as you like go to the website it's also available there on the website but if you want to get the app it's just really cool to have in your hand So you be blessed. I'll see you next time. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. You be blessed. I'll see you next time on demand. Bye-bye.